0: Amen. It's so good to see you this morning. Wow. I can just listen to the choir sing all day. And uh, actually, we're going to do that in a couple of weeks on a Sunday night. They're not going to sing the whole time, but we're going to have a lot of music and uh, just kind of have an all-worship night. I hope you'll mark that on your calendar and uh, kind of get us through the holiday seasons as Christmas approaches. Uh, I had the opportunity this week um, to represent you as a church family. And uh, I'm going to move these just for a second because I want you to be able to see. Some of you, I know, are wondering, the pastor's done brought a weight bench in the sanctuary. What's going on? Jesus used illustrations, and if Jesus can use them, I love them too. So we're going to get to that. But I had an opportunity to represent you this week. Uh, I was with uh, a friend of mine I actually grew up with in Spartanburg, Trey Gowdy, on Tuesday night with a pregnancy center uh, fundraiser in, in Texas. And uh, I was telling Joey, uh, it was hard to get out of Texas once you get into Texas. They kept delaying, delaying, delaying flights. I finally got out of there. Thursday I had the opportunity to uh, speak on the campus of Louisiana College. Uh, Many of you maybe know Dr. Rick Brewer. He used to be at Charleston Southern University, one of our Baptist colleges here in South Carolina. And he is now the president there. And uh, we were throwing out some ideas for vision I mentioned a moment ago about vision and he is wanting to form some partnerships with churches, not just in Louisiana, but around the country and provide college students summer internships where the college foots the bill. And they send us college students who will help us invest in our community. And I said, we'll sign up for that. So uh, it was an awesome time. And then. Uh, This weekend, Friday and Saturday, I was in uh, North Carolina, so my travel schedule, thank the Lord, is ending, and you've been praying for that, but you haven't been praying for that as hard as me. Trust me. I'm ready to get off of the airplanes, so thank you for your prayers, but I wanted to know I represented you, and God did some incredible things, and I may share about that tonight if you want to come back and join us. We've been talking the last several weeks. Let's see if I've got my clicker. Have I got it working here? All right, there we go. Okay, maybe the screen back there is out, so I'll turn around here. We've been talking about the last several weeks about the mission that we're on as a a church, generally speaking, and what our mission is here as Crossroads, and we talked about the mission. Last week, we talked about show me the money, the funds for the mission. Uh, We talked about, actually, two weeks ago, last week, we talked about fuel for the mission, which is different than funds. Fuel for the mission is prayer, the priority of prayer, And I'll continue to call us to a time of prayer, but you don't have to wait on the pastor to call you to pray You can pray I would encourage you this week to pick a time on your watch and every day this week Pray for our church at that particular time whatever works for you and pray for our church um, Because we can't move forward without prayer this morning. We're going to talk about the foundation for the mission Or the fight for the mission you know as I thought about it this week i've kind of Landed on foundation maybe is a better word. I, I don't know if you have ever had the opportunity to do this but after 9-11 When the two towers in New York fell a few months after that and they after they had kind of cleaned it up where you could actually get down by the, where the towers were uh, I was there And I remember standing there where those towers were and looking down And looking way way down into this hole That was 10, 12, some parts of it, 14 stories deep. And that's how deep it had to be to build that huge, massive skyscraper. It had to have a huge foundation. And I believe if God is gonna do anything in our lives, personally or corporately as a church, we have to have a huge foundation. What I've discovered in my own life, and some of you, by the way, have been so complimentary. I've heard this through the grapevine, and I'm listening to the conversation about the new pastor, have heard, oh, he's so young. I need to let you in on a secret. I'm not young. (laughs) I mean, if you think I look young, thank you. Uh, 50 is not young unless I'm planning on living to be 150, which should be okay, I guess. But 50 is, uh, is not young. It's young among us who are 50 But it's not young We need to start thinking about the 40 year olds, the 30 year olds, the 20 year olds, the 10 year olds and What kind of future we're going to build for them uh, And the responsibility we have So, th- so thank you But I, I began to think, you guys, about the foundation And I started thinking about my life And how many times as a believer I have not really had a strong foundation And here's when I discover that I discover when my foundation is weak when sufferings come Or when change comes Because how I respond to suffering and change Will reveal the depth of my maturity as a believer And so when we talk about this morning, this foundation, it's very important So if you have your Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter 10 We're going to look at just a few verses this morning And there's an analogy, uh, a a, uh, a, a metaphor in this, these verses of scripture that the writer of Hebrews uses—that I think that's why this weight bench is up here—will help us uh, demonstrate for ourselves in a concrete way what he's talking about. Hebrews chapter ten. Most of us know Hebrews chapter eleven because it gets into what's called the Hall of Faith, and it talks about all the characters of the Bible. Many are in the Old Testament. And FYI, next Sunday we're going to begin a series called Crazy Faith. And we're going to be looking at a lot of people in the Old Testament and the faith that they had to get them through insurmountable, seemingly insurmountable circumstances and how God came through because of their faith. So we'll start that next Sunday. But you find in this chapter, chapter 10, some interesting verses. And we're going to start with verse 32. And here's what it says. Chapter 10, verse 32. But remember... And as you get older, that's hard for me to do. Remember the former days when, after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of sufferings, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession. And a lasting one. Verse 35. Therefore. My Bible teacher taught me that anytime you see the word therefore, you need to ask what it's there for. And it's therefore everything he said before that. He's saying in light of everything I just said, in case you missed it. In light of all those things. About being a public spectacle. About enduring all this hardship and tribulation. And and having your property confiscated. You joyfully did that. In light of all that. Don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, verse 37, he who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul will have no pleasure on him. But we are not of those, he says, who shrink back to destruction. But of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul What is it about having a foundation or fighting for the mission? Why is that so very important? A couple of things to get us going this morning The very first thing that he says is the word remember Remember I think Satan's greatest tactic at destroying our foundation is us forgetting So i'm so glad of what joey said for us to remember what's happened over the last year and not forget god's faithfulness Your faithfulness and what god has done Because when the hard times come what the enemy wants us to do is to have forgotten the times that god came through Because then we start to doubt and then we start to wonder And then we start to not trust So it's very important what he says here if you want to have a strong foundation, we've got to be Remembering It's hard for me to remember if i'm honest when I really gave when I first gave my life to jesus It was about 34 years ago. Like I said, i'm old (laughs) 34 years ago Now I know some of you have been a believer much longer than i've been alive, maybe even longer than 50 years. That's fantastic. Praise god But 34 years ago Can I be honest with you? sometimes if not most of the time I need to be remembering what it was like when I came to Christ. That I was a sinner separated from God. That the blood of Jesus is what covered my sin. That the wages of my sin was death, but the free gift of God was eternal life through Jesus Christ. I need to remember that. Because as I get older, and you do too, I begin to think Jesus was all about me. It was all for me. No, it's all about him. But he saved me so that I can make it all about him And so the writer is saying here if you want to have your foundation Start to be whittled away forget But if you want to keep it strong, you've got to be about remembering he says in verse 32 Remember those early days And we have to remember remembering helps us evaluate for the future We draw encouragement from remembering One of the things I loved about sitting around my grandmother and my granddad who are now with the Lord Is hearing them talk about stories on sunday after church We would go over there my mom's side of the family before they passed away almost every sunday And we would go and we would sit with them on the back porch and we would eat And and I didn't even want to talk because all I wanted to do is hear them share the story Oh, you remember when and remember this is and they would talk about old times and I would just sit there and I would soak that up Because they were just basking, a lot of times their conversation was about what God did, and they were basking in the goodness and the greatness and the faithfulness of God. And I was like, wow, this is just great just to be eavesdropping and sitting here hearing this conversation. So we have to draw from our encouragement from our past experience of walking with the Lord, but then it makes it kind of begs the question do we have a past experience with the Lord? Do we have an experience with the Lord? Some of us maybe are trying to build a house and there's no foundation spiritually speaking I did that In the great big church in spartanburg where I grew up first spartanburg for many years. I went there And I filled out a membership card and I got baptized and I talked to the pastor and I sat in sunday school classes And I memorized scripture and you know what I was trying to build this house and there was no Foundation because I had never trusted in jesus christ to be my lord and savior All those other things are important But they're secondary to knowing who Jesus is. So if you're a member of this church, praise God. A a bigger question a more important question is, do you know Jesus? Because that's the foundation you have to build on. That's not my words, that's God's word. And so he's challenged these people, remember the early days. Remember the former days when you were enlightened. And then he says something very interesting. After you endured a great... Conflict of sufferings Now when I was studying this I was trying to think What would be a great passage for foundation And I kept going through there's tons of great Passages in the bible you know them better than Me probably lots of great passages in the bible for some reason God brought me to this one And it talks about In that verse the end of that verse 32 enduring a great Conflict of sufferings And so what Is he saying here when he talks about enduring Well I, I looked it up and he's talking about staying under the weight Remaining So he's not just talking about remember the early days when you came to christ But remain now under the weight Which is why we have this up here this morning which is why We have this weight over here i'm not gonna hit becky i promise I'm glad she's here this morning But we have this here this morning And it's funny uh, You go to the gym and you'll see these guys and they'll have just this bar you know, they'll be working, and they'll be lifting, and I'll be like, you just have the bar, you know, you, you, just just the bar. Are you going to do anything else? You're just going to take the bar. What are you going to do? You're not, you're not doing a whole lot. You just have this bar, but they'll have this bar. We'll put it up here, and I may get some of you studly-looking men to come up here and help me in a minute so I don't, so I don't hurt myself. That'd make great news when a pastor injures himself during service, lifting weights, People would flock just like they did. Those of you here thinking we're giving out money again this Sunday. We're not. We're not. But he talks about enduring. And what he's saying to the people he's writing to in this passage is you have to feel the weight. You have to feel the weight and remain under the weight. He's using this athletic metaphor in this text. And what he's trying to explain to them, and and I didn't get it the first time I read it, when he says that you endured a great conflict of suffering, we, we read that in the singular, like it was a one time conflict. Some translations say a great contest, which is maybe a better translation of suffering. And what the writer is saying is it's not a one time deal. He's writing to these early Christians, saying, "You have endured suffering after suffering after suffering after suffering after suffering after suffering, like my Malawi friends, after suffering, who we were having a revival this week in 128 degree temperatures." And he told me people came out by the hundreds, and we suffer because it's a little warm in here. It's a little warm, but these people had endured suffering after suffering after suffering. And so he's saying, you've got to remain under the weight of that suffering. Well, what are some of those weights that he's talking about? The first one he says there is partly by being made a public spectacle or having public insults. Public insults. I don't know if you've ever been publicly insulted because of your faith or not. But he says... That's one of the weights. Public insult. Early church. Wasn't popular to go to church. was it popular to be a follower of Christ. You didn't get a perfect attendance award for, award for going to Sunday school. You might have been martyred. You might have been executed. You might have been made fun of because of your faith. And he says you are a public spectacle to the early church. He's saying the first weight that you have is you have been a public spectacle I remember sitting in my English class in 11th grade, and I'm sitting there, and our teacher, at the time, God bless her heart, I'm not, uh, Wow, well, sorry, bringing back memories. <laughs> we were talking about some literary book at the time, and all of a sudden, somehow we got on the subject of the Bible. And I'm looking at the clock, and I'm going to have to rush, or we're going to have to do part two tonight. We started talking about the topic of the Bible, and she started making fun of the Bible. And there was this 11th grade young lady. I, I won't forget her name. She's long forgotten me because I was a nobody and I wasn't living for Jesus. Sitting in front of me, her name was Kathy Dahl. Sitting right in front of me. And the teacher started to make fun of the Bible. Oh, you, that's literary. That's not really true. You don't believe that, do you? Do you believe Noah in the Ark? You do believe that? And everybody was quiet. Nobody said anything. Finally, she said, Oh, I guess you believe that Jonah in the Well story. You believe that? Kathy Dahl sitting right in front of me. Miss Knight. Yes, I believe that story, Miss Knight. I believe it. The whole class is like, Of course, I'm thinking, F, you just got an F. Fail, see you next year. That's what I'm thinking. That's all I was worried about. Shame on me. And so she continued to talk, and Miss Knight continued to make fun of her. And finally, Kathy said, uh, Miss Knight, if the Bible had said that Jonah swallowed the well, I would believe that too. I'm thinking, Whoa. You're for sure taking this class again next year. But she was publicly ridiculed. The word there in the Greek, I'm not a Greek scholar, I looked it up. It's theatrazo, which we get the word theater. So it's being publicly humiliated for your faith. Can I just tell you, men and women, I'm not looking forward to this day, but unless our country changes, that's what's coming. There will be some of you in here, statistically, I don't know your hearts, but statistically there will be some of us in here that will walk away from the faith because we will, be ha- we will either have to decide, will we be publicly humiliated and become a spectacle or will we stand up for Jesus? Easy believism is going to go out the window, just, just foreshadowing what's to come if something doesn't change in our country. Other countries on the globe already experience this on a daily basis. They hide to worship God for fear of of having their lives taken And yet he says this is the first thing that happens to be a public spectacle But then he goes on to say no wait there's more How about when others are affected You even watch while others were affected You know you can publicly humiliate me I got pretty tough skin You can be mean to me if you want Be rude I got pretty tough skin But you say something mean or rude to my wife or my kids. You know what I'm saying? Some of you know what I'm talking about to be a parent. It happens to you too. That's what he's saying right here. It's one thing to receive public spectacle and public insult. But when people you love start suffering... That's why I broke down this morning thinking about people I love. They're not just some missionaries in a magazine. These are people I've stood on the mission field with that I see serving people, going into villages where there's no Bible, and people cut it up with a machete so they can have a piece of God's Word. So my heart breaks, literally, because of what they face. But then he goes on. He says, that's not everything. That's not everything. Partly they were a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. Then it says, New American Standard says, you showed sympathy to the prisoners. Other translations say you were even imprisoned for your faith. There's another weight going on there. You were imprisoned. I'm running out of weights. Heath did a great job bringing all this up by himself course, he's buff and I'm buffet. So that's why. (laughs) So you have these, these weights that are on this bar. And then it goes on to say after that, the seizure of your property, you joyfully accepted the, the seizure of your property. Why and how could they do that? Well, the Bible tells us because they knew they had a better possession and a lasting one. Their joy was so great Their joy was so great in God that it could not be extinguished by losing a few personal items. Amazing. I wonder sometimes if I'm conscious of the fact that I have for myself, and you do too as a Christ follower, greater everlasting possessions. When you know that knowledge, you live differently. My prayer for us as a church family Is that God would take away some of the objects That we have that rob us From focusing on the main thing That we need and that God Would clarify what is valuable To us So how do we do it How do we put this foundation in place How do we remain because he he Actually encourages them in the next verse He says don't throw away your confidence It will be richly Rewarded don't throw away literally Some translations say don't Take that and throw it in the trash heap Your confidence in god Your confidence in his faithfulness because it'll be richly rewarded. What is that reward? How do we get to it? Well, he says in verse 36 you need to persevere those words sound very familiar to me you need to persevere He says don't shrink back but before that he says you need to persevere if you flip over just a few pages you find yourself in the book of James and James 1 says count it all joy my brethren, when you encounter various trials why do you count it all joy because it says the testing of your faith will produce endurance or perseverance some translations say so the early church knew that when these trials come when these weights come And they will come to all of us, whether we're a child of Christ, a Christ follower, a Christian or not. They will come to us. The advantage of knowing Jesus is we have his help to encounter these trials and these sufferings. So how do we do it? Well, he tells us in that verse. Verse 37, he says, In a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Verse 38, But my righteousness or my righteous ones shall live by faith. By faith Okay I'm going to try it Heath We'll see what happens If it falls on my chest and I pass out You guys go to lunch and come back and get me tonight Alright So we have this bar We have these weights And what we're supposed to do As children of God What we're supposed to do is to lift the weight And we're supposed to do this Okay that's enough That's enough. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. But you know what? When I go to the gym, occasionally, and I'm trying to go more often because I'm old. Did I mention I'm old? I'm trying to stay in shape. But when I go to the gym, And I look in the gym and I watch some of these guys, and they're over there against the mirror and they're doing their thing. And I'm watching them, and there's no weight, but they're over there doing this. I used to think, What are they doing? That's stupid. What are they doing? You know what this is, spiritually speaking? This is faith right here. This is faith. This bar in this passage of scripture, the author, the analogy he's trying to get us to see, and it's hard to see sometimes in the translation of the Bible, is this is faith. We cannot lift the weights without the faith. Some of you are looking at me like a deer in headlights. Faith is what we need to move and to go where God wants us to go. Faith is what I need to get up in the morning. Faith is what I need to do anything God has called me to do. And when I look in the gym sometimes and I look at guys who are just doing this and I want to laugh, you know what they're doing? They are exercising their faith. Men and women, with all the love in my heart, let me say this to you, and maybe this is just for me this morning. God will never give you great opportunities to do things for him if your faith is this small. I have biblical precedent to tell you that based on the word of God. He's not going to give us anything big. And sometimes he doesn't give me things big because I haven't worked my faith muscle out enough. So when these trials come and these tribulations come, it might not be a public spectacle. It may not be that you're getting publicly insulted for your faith. It may not be any of that. But whatever those challenges are for you in your life, I want to encourage you this morning, endure, endure, push, push. Not in your own strength, because who is the faith then? The faith is not in me. Trust me, I'm panting already, and I only lifted that thing, what, five or six times. (sighs) The faith is in him, because he's faithful. But the verse goes on, and we're wrapping up with this verse, I promise. Here's what it says, verse 38. This is not me, this is God's word. It says, my righteous one shall live by faith. But if he shrinks back... If he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure on him. Literally, the word shrink back, you know what they, what really is he saying there in the text? The one who gets out from under the weight. So if I'm up here and I'm pushing and pushing, and I, this has happened to me at the gym late at night, and thankfully nobody's been in there to get it on video, and I've put a little more on there than I thought. I thought I was a little stronger than I was, and all of a sudden, I can't move it. I'm looking around, and Nobody's in there, and I'm by myself, and I start doing this number. I'm sliding out from under it. We do that spiritually, men and women. God gives us something that is going to make us stronger. And in our North American Christianity, instead of staying under the weight, as God has allowed whatever it is to happen in our lives to make us have strong faith muscles, we're like, no, God, no, God. And we slide out from under the weight. I do not want to be, just so you know, I do not want that to be a characteristic of Jack Eason. It has been. But I pray it will never be a characteristic of me again. Because if I trust that God, that God of the universe is bringing these things into my life that are difficult, and some of our church family are facing some of these things right now, with the loss of loved ones, maybe the loss of a job, a struggle, or whatever your challenge might be. I want to encourage you, To put your faith in God and allow him to work that faith muscle because that is our foundation Faith not faith in a pastor not faith in your church staff or the other pastors, but faith in God Faith in God. He's faithful Even when I am not faithful. He is faithful That's not an excuse for me not to be faithful. It's just a characteristic of a good good Father, so that is our foundation and here's the invitation this morning. The question is Would you pray with me? And could we ask God together to do something so big with us personally and with us as a church that it will miserably fail if he doesn't do it? Because most of us, myself included, until about 10 years ago, and I will continue to share bits of my testimony over the next 10 or 20 years, however long God wants me here, Until I get older and older. I'll continue to share how about 10 years ago, I finally realized this truth to say to God, you know, God, if I can do everything by myself, why do I need you? And Some of us live our lives that way. And I think God just goes, okay, how about it? That's the kind of mediocre, meager life you want to have. And not me. I'm not settling for that anymore because I, God just has brought me to a place where I'm like, I, I want everything God has promised for me. I want it. Because He's my daddy. And I want it. And I want you to have it. I want us to have it. I want us to go to a place where God wants to take us and go, Wow, not look how awesome we are. Not look how awesome the pastor is. Not look how awesome Joey or Heath or Kayla or anybody. Look how awesome God is. And for the world around here to go, the, Did you see what happened over there? That had to be God, because everybody over there is not that smart. And if they said that, I'd go, whoo, yes, you're right. You're right. So let's stand together and let's pray. If you would join me as we stand. Father, that is our prayer this morning. Would you give us the foundation that we need to serve you? And Lord, sometimes I got to be honest, I think I need all this faith, all this huge, huge faith. And yet your word tells me if I just have faith like a mustard seed, oh my goodness. If I had faith like a mustard seed. And Lord, I know these friends in here, we we have a whole lot more faith than that. So Lord, we confess we turn to you this morning. We put our faith in you, completely in you. And I ask that you'd speak to our hearts this morning and challenge us. In whatever way you see fit. Maybe we have some challenges going on in our lives and we're just like, God, I don't deserve this. Take this away. And yet your word is just saying, stay under the weight. Because I'm going to make you strong. I'm going to make you a mighty warrior for me. So Lord, have your way during this invitation. We'll give you the glory this morning for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, if you're visiting with us, Joey's going to lead us in a, what we call a hymn of invitation this morning. And we say invitation because we're inviting you, God's inviting you to come down. And whatever he's challenging you to do or decision to make, maybe today you're at that point where you're like, Faith, I, I've never even put my faith in Jesus ever. Then this Sunday, this morning, I want to invite you to come down. I'd love to tell you how you can make that possible. Because the same way we come to Christ through faith is the same way we live every day. By faith, it doesn't change by faith. So if God has moved on your heart this morning, if you want to come pray or need to make a decision, I'll be down here. I'm going to ask my friend Heath to come stand with me as well. And you just take our hand and pray. We would love to do that with you this morning. Or if you need to make any other decision, uh, this altar is open for you. So come as God leads.